Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well. And I want to thank you for joining me for today's installment of the Justin Peters program. I am your host by the same name. How about that? So uh, I've really been enjoying this series that I've been doing with Costi Hen. I hope that you have as well. I feel pretty confident that you have. And uh, this has been a tremendous blessing to me, and I know that it has to you. And Costi, we left off... In yesterday's program, we were talking about uh, the the issue for which Benny Hinn is most well-known, of course, being a faith healer or a healing evangelist, as he calls himself. And we talked about Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, and some of those issues and the devastation that is left in the wake of such erroneous teaching. And um, so we're going to change directions a little bit today, Costi, and talk about uh, some of the criticism that has been out there for years uh, against Benny Hinn, and uh, your uncle has has offered some, some, let's say, some very colorful and entertaining uh, teachings from time to time. For example, the infamous nine-member Godhead, uh, he, he said, if I can shock you, and maybe I should, there's nine of them. I've got that memorized because I've seen it so much, but uh, so I mean, like the um, uh, women were intended to give birth out of their sides. Uh, I don't. I, I'm assuming you've probably heard these. That he said that when the Red Sea parted, that the the waters actually froze, and it was ice that came down and crushed the Egyptians, and 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 just some really, <laughs> you know, really out there, and and some of it's kind of almost comical type stuff, and he's. And and he's received some criticism for this. How, from your perspective, Costi, how does he, what does he say in response to his critics? I know he tries to ignore them as much as possible, but but sometimes his his hand is kind of forced. Uh, what what does he do with some of these more um, bizarre and entertaining statements he's made? Yeah, I I would say the same thing that everybody else does who teaches that way uh number one dismiss it to you know just ignore it completely there's some other things though that are easy to resort to as well for a lot of these guys and obviously my uncle included there is you know claim to do not touch the lord's anointed don't speak against the man of god those are all ways to dismiss it and put fear in people and then um some others would be the to trump truth by making it incredibly subjective and mystical. Um, God told me, God showed me, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm human is another one. I'm only human. You know, I understand we all make mistakes. I'm not infallible. Very similar to the way that in healing meetings, on one hand, it's God's guaranteed to heal you. It's always his will. Give your best offering, sow a seed, and unlock the healing power of God on your life. So for your miracle, and then after people don't get healed, of course, you know, my uncle and others will say, you know, I'm not the healer. I don't heal people. God does. God's in control. So it's it's like playing a never-ending game of whack-a-mole, really. Yeah, is, that's a good way know, to they, put it. 
up and down, up and down. Just when you nail one thing, there's there's something else. And I think of uh, there's a book that I read, which was shocking to even me as a hen. And it was a book by by a group of men, but I remember I think Richard uh, Fisher and then Kurt uh, Goldeman and some of those guys. They wrote a book called The Confusing World of Benny Hinn. Yeah, and yeah. I got a better education on my family history from that book than I'd ever gotten growing up a hen. Oh, and the wow. reason is they went and did probably uh, second to none research. I've never seen a book that well researched. I've never seen more footnotes and endnotes and documented research where they had called, they even called, I think the, uh, no, I don't think I know. They called the, the local government in Jaffa, Israel, where my uncle was saying that my grandfather was the mayor and he wasn't. And they checked the records in the city of Jaffa and his name was never there. I mean, these guys went to such an extent. They were actually hoping to find just one thing that was verifiable and that could maybe refute and tone down their argument for Uncle Benny being a false teacher. And that's the reality is, you know, God told me, God showed me, which is why subjective words from a voice in your head or an impression you might have felt, or I think I thought I might have heard God tell me, or here's what the Spirit is saying, it's so dangerous. Right. God's revealed will is Scripture. That's his revealed will. And, yeah. you know, Moses told the children of Israel, this is all the way back to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 29, 29. You know, it, the secret things belong to our God. But what has been revealed, we will do. And that belongs to us and our children forever. So it's pretty much, here's the word of God, obey it. And stop looking for a direct phone line from God. And, you know, he'll just keep wiggling away. That's what these guys will do because there's a lot of money on the line. And how else do you keep power but by telling people you hear from God in a way they don't, but if they give or follow you, they can too. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and this whole notion of, well, God spoke to me, God told me this, God gave me a dream, I got a vision from the Lord, uh, th that's really a way of um, kind of spiritual blackmail and spiritual uh, browbeating because when people hear this, even though they may have questions in the back of their mind, they dare not voice them because to question that would be tantamount to questioning God himself. And, you know, well, well, the, right. the, well Benny Hinn said God told him that. So, I, you know, I, yeah, it sounds a little weird for me, but uh, weird to me. But if God told him that, who am I to question? And, and so, it, it yeah, it, it, is, it is a method of um, spiritually braiding people. And, and uh, you know, right. don't don't question the man of God. So, um, you know, Costa, you and I are talking kind of off the record here a little little bit ago. And uh, one of the points I tell people often in my teaching in my seminar, "Clouds Without Water," that one of the things that makes false teachers so dangerous is that not everything that false teachers teach is false. Some of it is right. And yeah. um, and not everything that your uncle teaches is wrong. Uh, some of what he teaches is right. And I, I have heard, quite honestly, I have heard Benny Hinn present the gospel um, better, honestly, than, than even some Baptist preachers that I've heard present the gospel. I've, and um, uh, one of the common criticisms people will say against me, these, of course, it's always coming from someone who's not actually watched my teaching in full they just hear little excerpts or something and 
they get a burr under their saddle. But they say, oh, you you teach that nobody's ever gotten saved under Benny Hinn, or he does he never leads anybody to the Lord. And and I, I have no doubt, Costi, that there have been people who have who have heard the gospel from your uncle and have uh, been convicted of sin, righteousness, and judgment, brought to a genuine place of repentance and faith, and have been saved. Uh, listening to your uncle preach the gospel. I don't doubt that at all. Um, but uh, we were talking how that's not a, that is not an um, endorsement or a validation of the messenger. It's just God honoring the message. So um, am, I, am I on target here? Absolutely. I immediately think of, I think it's verse 4, the book of Jude. Uh, you remember when he says that there are certain persons who have crept in unnoticed, I think is the word he uses. Right. That we're, you know, secretly introduced heresies, crept in unnoticed. These are the buzzwords that we see in Scripture concerning false teachers and the way they creep in. They're going to come in unnoticed because they're going to look a little like true believers, sound a little like sound teachers. They don't show up and announce their presence. And so, yeah, you're dead on. I mean, they're going to have to mix some truth with their error in order to creep in unnoticed. You will notice somebody who's outright lying. Um, you won't notice somebody who drops in a little bit of poison every now and then with a false doctrine on the deity of Christ, but in a way that's not obvious. Everyone's going to catch a guy who says, you know, Jesus wasn't fully God, um, you know, he was half this or half that. We would laugh if, he, if they said he was half animal or half, you know, alien. We're going to catch him. But if guys start messing with the deity of Christ, well, he was fully God, but on the cross he was just man. You've just messed with the deity of Christ. You've just presented. Or, you know, one of the favorites of these Word of Faith and Prosperity teachers is he took on Satan's nature. He died a spiritual death. Right. Um, these twisted secret heresies that people go, okay. Wonderful. Well, now you've just presented a Jesus that they believe in. It's not Jesus at all. So I'm going to answer your question two ways. Number one, there are people that believe in the real Jesus when men like Uncle Benny and others present the real Jesus. In the real gospel, like you said, he's preached it better than some Baptist preachers. People that commit to that Christ are saved and Jesus does not leave his sheep wandering long in this stuff. He plucks them out and saves them and plants them on solid ground. Right. It's a whole other Jesus that gets presented. And that Jesus is not the real Jesus, and that Jesus isn't saving people, but that is the Jesus these false teachers keep presenting to keep themselves legitimate to those who are spiritually blind and being deceived. So, I, yeah, you did nail it, and the only way for them to keep on creeping in unnoticeably is for them to mix truth with error. And, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and, and the Bible says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, it, it doesn't. Absolutely. It doesn't take much false teaching to corrupt the entire thing. And um, my wife gave me this illustration one time, and I thought it was really helpful, and I use it a lot. But she says, in every area of life, we want the best. We want the best doctor to give us medical care. We want the best mechanic to work, you know, fix our car. We want the best plumber to fix our leaky sink. We want the best whatever, you know. But when it comes to preaching, when it comes to the nourishment of our eternal soul, ah, 
anything will do. You know, and, and it's yeah. it is it's a it's a one of the great and uh, tragic ironies of life that people people will settle for mediocrity in the one area of life that should be the the most important to us. Um, but you're exactly right that that uh, not everything they teach us is, is false, but also God's sheep will not stay there. That undoubtedly there have been people saved listening to the gospel that just happened to come from the lips of Benny or, you know, any other uh, false teacher that, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. And so there can be enough truth presented that someone get converted. But once that conversion takes place, that, that miracle of the new birth, then as you said, Costi, they won't, they won't stay there. God's sheep will not stay there under that deception. Right. Yeah. 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 There's there's two things too I'd like to point out and that's what the people of God need to understand and what we need to constantly be uh, saying to those who might question our motives or why we do what we do or is it necessary to call these guys out? Aren't people being saved? Uh, they call us Pharisees, right, Justin? They call us uh, right. hypocrites and legalists and Bible thumpers and everything else under the sun that just goes with the, the job title that we carry when we're pastoring and shepherding Christ's flock. The reality is, a true Pharisee, you remember what the Pharisees were doing? True Pharisees are adding burdens to the people that God never intended them to carry. Right. A true Pharisee is adding words to God's law and God's orders that God never intended. And a, a cursory study of the Pharisees and of Jewish laws and rituals and traditions will show that over time there were additions made by Pharisees and they were oppressing the people and lording it over them and keeping themselves as the holy men with their system and controlling the people. And so those who come along and say, stop teaching that, stop oppressing people, stop abusing the people of God, are actually not the Pharisees. They're the men who are trying to stand up for truth. The Pharisees are those who add burdens to the people and are dominating and abusing and exploiting the people. And Jesus said this to his disciples. You remember in Matthew 16 there, uh, I think at verse 11 and 12, he was telling his disciples what you said about leaven. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. He was warning them, right. stay away from their teachings, stay away from those men. So we've got to be clear when we're discussing this topic, both as people of God and believers and then as, as leaders in the church, we need to understand what the definition of a Pharisee actually is and then what they were teaching and what the leaven is that we're to avoid. That's never an excuse, never an excuse to continue to follow, believe, or support a false teacher simply because a few people got saved and some good things came out of it. Uh, Jesus was really clear about that, so right. it's important to note. Yeah, absolutely. And and the the biblical qualifications for an elder, for one who is preaching the gospel, are very, very high. And um, false teachers, by definition, do not meet any of those qualifications. And um, so it, it doesn't uh, legitimize in any way, uh, whether it's Benny Hinn or... Or, uh, you know, Cruffalo Dollar or Jesse Plantis, whoever, uh, it, it does not legitimize him. And I, and I think that's the, that's one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have. And, 
Uh, Costi, there was an interesting video that popped up a, a few years, I say a few years ago, it was around 2008, 2009, when Todd Bentley uh, really burst on the scene in 2008, and he was the he was the bright, shiny object in the room there for quite a while. And and um, yeah. everybody in the word faith in AR flocked to him because of all kinds of amazing claims of miracles and signs and wonders. And uh, there's this video of, of, of your uncle. And I don't think he actually named him, but there is no mistake as to whom he was, uh, to whom he was, uh, of whom he was speaking. Uh, Todd Bentley was criticizing Todd Bentley and criticizing Joel Osteen. Uh, talk yeah. to us just a minute about that, because the irony is, 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 was amazing that a, that a false teacher was criticizing other false teachers. What, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So as confusing as the theology is that these guys teach, um, this is just as confusing. Ultimately, it's just an effort to legitimize oneself. And these are basic, practically human tendencies that everybody does. Uh, So, you know, we all can understand the principle here. You know, sound preachers were up in arms over what Osteen said uh, back a few years back about Larry King. Uh, sound preachers are up in arms over the watered-down, I'm not even going to call it a gospel, it's a watered-down other gospel right. that teaches. And right. sound teachers and preachers are not staying quiet over Todd Bentley's, you know, biker boot-kicking Smith Wigglesworth back-from-the-dead ministry. I mean, this stuff is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't talk about my wife often. I, I won't. She's a very quiet woman. She's a, a sweet soul, but if there's one person that my wife has shed tears over and been very frustrated over is when I've showed her videos of Todd Bentley. And uh, my wife is not a sensationalist. She's not a, you know, showman. She doesn't tell me to go out there and get them. And you go get those false teachers, honey, and you call out your uncle. She actually, you know, is, is not big into the calling people out thing. She understands it's just part of the job. We do it because obedience. But if there's one person that she says that is just wrong, and humanity should not be subject to that man as a pastor. He needs to just not even be in ministry. I don't want him anywhere near this generation. It's Todd Bentley. And the reason is he's violent, and the reason is, well, there's many more, but he teaches completely falsely. Uh, there is mass deception. Not only that, I mean, the, the, the treatment is of his wife and his children to leave and, and oh, yeah. have an adulterous affair and then be endorsed and laid hands on and anointed with that special oil that was sent, you know, from all those big guys and, you know, the, the um, Revival Alliance and just from Joyner and uh, Peter Wagner and uh, Kay Han and Kay on, Cheon, however you pronounce his name, and then Bill Johnson across the board, um, you know, Morningstar Ministries endorsement and supposed restoration of him. All of those things are easy to pick on for sound teachers. We need to. So what's the quickest way to legitimize yourself if you are a person that is trying to stay uh, legitimized and look unnoticed and join in is basically what Uncle Benny has done, which is call these guys out too. And then people roar and they applause and they cheer and they say, look at Benny Hinn standing for truth. Look at him. He's not afraid of the heat that comes from criticism. He's not afraid to call people out. What a man of God. Right. And uh, that is basic. It's human, 
and it is completely expected and normal from these guys that are trying to keep the money flowing and keep their partners coming back and thinking that they're the real deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly what he, by, by criticizing other false teachers, he was trying to give himself an air of legitimacy. And, um, yeah, is is um, is very interesting. Every once in a while, somebody will ask me about that video because it, you know, everything lives on on the internet, so uh, it's out there. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, Kasi. One of the one of the most common questions I get asked in Q and A sessions in my teaching: Do these people believe what they are doing? Do they do false teachers know they are false, or? Are they? Do they believe that what they're doing is is the real thing? That's and so um, uh, I, I have my answer from this, but I, I want to kind of run it back and get your perspective on this. I think Second Timothy three, uh, verse thirteen speaks to this. Paul says, "Evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived." Um, talk to us about that, and and is it is is it am I on target when I say that some, some false teachers, bottom feeders, Peter Popoff, Don Stewart, Robert Tilton, they know they're false. They're they're snake oil salesmen. Some of them, though, yeah. they are actively deceiving people, and yet at some level they are being deceived themselves. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yes, actually, as you were saying that, I was turning in my Bible to Second Timothy three, and that is the passage I would read on that over and over. Um, I think so. I really do think that my uncle and that um, guys like Osteen and others, I think they really do think they're legit. Uh, you know, guys like Osteen with their their fathers, like John Osteen, who's a pastor. These these guys are in a lineage of of some sort of preaching, and they really think they're legit. Uh, so. Yeah, I think that they know that they've lied before, and that's obvious because we all do. I think, like my uncle, he's repented for things he's taught. We've all made big-time mistakes in our life, right, that we need to admit and repent and kind of go back on. These guys have done that, but that doesn't at all cross their mind. Oh, well, I'm a false teacher then. It's just, well, everybody makes mistakes. And so, yeah, I think he's really under the impression, as are many of these men, that they're above the law, they're above doctrine. They're, and I say this with respect to the way that they set up their accountability systems, but I think that they, they really view themselves as above accountability because on average, this is not uncommon knowledge. You can just scour the Internet and look at how many pastors in this movement abandon their restoration process, which I still think um, you need to restore a brother into the, into the flock again in the congregation, but of course they want to restore them back to the pulpit, and that man's no longer above reproach, uh, as First Timothy 3 calls a man to be. So either way, their accountability systems are favorably biased towards them. Uh, they don't humble themselves. They don't admit really they're wrong and then stick to it. So I think of Second Peter 2 there at the end, um, the dog who returns to its own vomit. I know that that will bother some people. I know that's a vulgar image to have in your mind, but that's what's happening over and over and over again. Uh, apostates, false believers, false teachers, they will repent, they'll say they're sorry, and they'll go right back to it. And that was Peter's pen through the Holy Spirit that said that, not me. So the right. church needs to be aware and on guard, but not surprised. The Bible speaks to all this. These men will continue to do this, men and women that are in the movement. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we need to be praying for them, that the Lord will open their eyes, and then 
leave the rest to God and keep speaking the truth, because right. um, some of them are destined for this. We know Jude talks about that. They are, they are destined for this dark uh, role that they play in leading people astray for Satan's kingdom. Yeah, yeah. All right. Interesting. Okay, Costi, thank you very, very much for joining me. In fact, uh, we there. There's a. I wish we weren't running out of time because there's a couple other things I would like us to. A couple other little rabbits I'd like to chase for a minute, but maybe we'll do that on our next program and and uh, wrap this part of it up and uh, go on to other things. So, Costi, thank you very much for joining me, and uh, dear friends, thank you for joining me, and I hope that this uh, series has really been an encouragement to you and. and Uh, We have another little bit to to tie up here. So uh, until our next time together, dear friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.